Welcome back to the Homestead Connection Podcast. Kylie, Steph, and Brenna are here today to continue our mini-series on self-sufficiency and self-sustainability. Today, we're going to talk through first aid kits. I think I've been excited to have this conversation, kind of think through what is in our first aid kits or what we want to add to our first aid kits. And... Originally, we thought that maybe we would do this conversation in conjunction with last week's episode on hygiene, but the hygiene episode just got too long. So now we're doing first aid in its own separate little podcast episode. Um, Before we get started, if you have been enjoying our podcast episodes, please give us a review. Your feedback is so important to us. It helps us. It helps us to know what you like or don't like. It really helps to boost how much our podcast is seen in the algorithms on Spotify and Apple and Google and everywhere else. And you guys have been loving these podcast episodes. And I know there's so many other people who will also love them. So yeah, leave us a review if you've been loving the podcast episodes. And then the second little order of business is that if you missed it, we dropped our first little merch item over the holiday weekend. So on Black Friday, we released our first merch item, which is a mug. Miss Steph is drinking out of it right now. It's so wonderful. They're pottery mugs that are hand-thrown in Wisconsin. A small business, small company makes these mugs. We worked so hard in custom designing the mugs. I think the process overall took three months from start to finish before we actually had the mugs in our hands. And they're just as beautiful as we hoped they would be. And they're available on our website, thehomesteadconnection.com. We do have a pretty limited quantity. Um... So I'd head over there and snag one up if you want to. The price is very reasonable and it's perfect for the holiday season. So anyways, I think that's all of our little items of business. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about uh, first aid stuff. I know. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a nurse practitioner. So I feel like I just live in this headspace of healthcare, medical care, medical attention, what kind of stuff do I want to have in my home? And I always have first aid kit stuff on hand, but I feel like having the normal quote unquote, like mom first aid kit that you keep in the back of your car and your glove box or in a kitchen cabinet is so different than stuff I think about when I come, when it comes to actual preparedness and like prepper style first aid items. I think of the walking dead kind of like, what do I want to have on hand? And my first aid kit doesn't look anything like I wish it would, <laughs> but it's still goals. What is the thing that you would want in your first aid kit that you don't have today? Well, I think that one of the things, okay, one of the things I do have in my first aid kit that I think a lot of people would benefit from having is, uh well, two things, I guess. Lidocaine spray is something mm-hmm. or, I mean, injectable lidocaine really isn't an option for most people. And I don't recommend that you actually have injectable lidocaine <laughs> on hand, uh, for a lot of reasons. Number one, because if you inject it into your bloodstream, that can be like, it can be deathly. But to have lidocaine spray, I think, is hugely beneficial. And then betadine is another thing because that's a universal kind of antiseptic that can be used for so many different things. And so that was like this item that I had earmarked where, no, I'm not going to use betadine swabs 
you know, in my everyday taking care of my kiddos if they fall and hurt themselves or Nate cuts himself out in the shop, but it genuinely has value and is indefinitely shelf stable that can take care of big, you know, big concerns or small concerns and doesn't even necessarily have to be used as first aid for disinfectant. It could even be used, you know, on kid cooking utensils or, you know, whatever. So betadine is one of those things. Also in line with that would be a suture kit. I have had a suture kit for a long time, but I think that's one of those things when it comes to like big deal first aid kits, big deal kind of supplies that's probably beneficial to have on hand. Yeah, that's in so betadine. My mom used to put something on me when I was a kid, like if I fell down and scraped my knee or mm -hmm. something, and I thought it was called baxitracin, but she used to call it magic band-aid. And it was basically I mean, now I know it was basically iodine. Right. right? Yes, so it had yes, the same yes, brown yes. seeds to it. And she was like, well, if you have this on, you don't have to worry about the Band-Aid. Because, you know, as a little kid, you're like, I just want a Band-Aid. Like, whatever yeah. it is, just put a Band-Aid on it. Um, and so the Band-Aid would fix anything. And she always told us that that was, that it was a magic Band-Aid. And now I, I now I can't remember if that was Baxitracin or if that was Betadine. So, like, Baxitracin is basically like, like a version of Neosporin, mm. essentially. So... When you put that on your, no, it's not creating, there's that liquid bandaid that's like a spray or even just like a paint on. And yeah. that can, that's, that's one of those things that cause like acts as a film or a barrier over a cut or a wound or a burn or whatever. <clears throat> But uh, doesn't necessarily have like anti antibacterial properties to it, like bacitracin would, or neosporin, or even just like your generic, you know, um, triple antibiotic cream or whatever. Got it. Yeah, no, this was definitely brown, and it definitely she swabbed it on with like a cotton ball. Yeah, you know, and like so. betadine, and betadine is just a version of iodine. So you can get betadine, you right. can get iodine. Essentially, they're acting in the same way. Whatever that magic is. Right. 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 Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. It's just, it's what we use in the hospital. And so it's what I'm like most familiar with. And but you can get it like over the counter at your grocery store or Walgreens or wherever. And Walgreens has a lot more than I think people realize because people don't generally go to like Walgreens or CVS for all of the obscurities. They're going for their typical over the counter medications, your basic run of the mill band-aids or the, you know, cute little first aid boxes. But places like CVS and Walgreens have really robust first aid sections when it comes to like gauze and bandages and suture kits and betadine and like all of these other things too. You know, you don't have to get down the rabbit hole of trying to buy things online or Amazon. I mean, you can, but you can also just take a cart to your, you know, drugstore and purchase a ton of stuff from there, which I think is just kind of important to note. Yeah, I didn't realize that they had suture kits there. I've wanted a suture kit for a while. Not that I know how to use it, but I can find a way to practice, you know, yeah. you know, and learn. Not not on any person, but they have practice skins and practice a, kit things to do. A suture kit might be the one thing that you would have to get on Amazon. I don't know if, like, Walgreens is going to have a suture kit or, like, but they might. Actually, I take that back. I just Googled it, and, like, Walmart has a complete first aid suture practice kit for training and it has all of the things oh, cool. so it has see i would just 
love to know how to do it or at least understand the mechanics of it. Mm -hmm. I, that's my thing is that I want, you know, even if I'm the, the first step is always in a serious situation is to call 911, right? Like that's your first right. step, but what can you do up to that point? Yep. Um, or what can you do when it's not there quite, but you know, like you can, you know, try and, and do it, you know, try and help yourself for a little while while you're mm -hmm. waiting for the professionals kind of thing. Yeah. And one of the things that I always thought would be interesting would be just to understand how to suture. Yep. When my dad, um, when my dad was like 10, his father, my grandfather was, they were out hunting and he got bit by a rattlesnake. And so my, of course, first step was to try and get him to the doctor, but this was a time when Dale Mabry was one lane going each way. It was a super tiny road. Mm -hmm. There was no hospital in the area. There was no cell phones, you know, no nothing. You're talking like early sixties. Sure. And, um, and so they drove to, my, my dad had to know how to tourniquet and how to, where to, where to, you know, um, where to, where to slice to stop the, the flow and then like how to get him to the doctor. And he, he was 11 and he drove my grandfather to a bar actually at the time. And then that's when an ambulance was called. So he had to know what to do in between that, those three hours between when my grandfather got bit and then when he actually Dang. was able to get professional help and he did not lose his leg and they killed the snake, you know? So it was a win-win, win-win <laughs> experience overall. But I think that a lot of that came from my dad knowing what to do. So I, I think of it in like those terms. So yes, walking dead. And, um, and I think we've joked before on this is that I do have radiation tablets. Like I have radiation meters and I have radiation tablets because they're not that expensive and why not? Why not? <laughs> um, Absolutely. That's how I feel about this future kit. Why not? Like, why yeah. not have it just yeah. in case? Why not? But there's so many things like those butterfly tapes and stuff like that, where it's like the, um, the stitches, those like tape stitches in theory, they should work really well, but your skin has to be very, very clean and you can't use it on any hairy areas. So if it's like on a man, you're going to have to like shave that area down, which is very unrealistic. If you have like, if you have a cut that's deep enough or large enough that requires some type of like faux suture or like faux stitching, you're mm. not going to be want to shaving that area down first before doing those, that's you know, a really good point. So it's, I mean, they're not even like on like a woman's arm, like, you know, we have just little hairs on our arms and it's never like, you know, even things like that, it doesn't work as well as one might hope. So, but, Brett, yeah, you, but talked about, you talked about the skill of like wanting to be able to suture and YouTube is not a bad place to just eyeball. There's so many good medical videos on youtube and of course like none of this is meant to be medical advice and i'm sure our listeners know that but like there's so many universities and there's so many colleges um and medical schools that have tutorials on youtube that are really great to watch especially for suturing and you know i did some of that in school you know watching videos and practicing on different like objects and stuff but even just watching a lot of different youtube videos to have a little bit of exposure is a great really helpful my first, interesting. my first real life human suturing experience was on the forehead of a child. And I was like, no training has prepared me for this. And uh, oh my goodness. I was like, just throw me to the wolves. You know, 
right 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 at the sweet child's hairline and just one of those experiences where you've practiced so much and you watch so many videos and I always figured I'd be stitching up like a guy like my husband because oh his fingers split open from working on his car because he would be in a dummy instead of this mm-hmm. small child's forehead anyways that is wild yeah wild Steph what would you put what would you want on your your kit that you don't have yet or what's your favorite item um Mine would be adding in like the suture kit because that's something that I don't have. Yeah. Even just like, you feel- like when you're out hunting or whatever, because Steph, where you guys go hunting, it's like, you don't have self, you don't have cell service. You're not close to much. And so in the case of an event, like SHTF situation to have one of those in your backpack or in the back of a car or, you know, in, in the stand or yeah. whatever, I think is, probably a good idea you got rattlesnakes out there too <laughs> uh where where we live no where we go hunt it's kind of like the border really where we're at the poisonous snakes are cottonmouth um Cottonmouth, water moccasin, and then down at the woods is the coral snake. Oh, thanks. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the Midwest is a great place to live. We don't have violent spiders. <laughs> we don't have spiders. We don't have scorpions. We don't have snakes. We don't have gators. Like, you know, the Midwest is not a bad place to be. <laughs> Moccasins are territorial, too. Like, they'll chase you. They're not nice snakes. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Brent, I'm going to flip the question back to you. What would you have in your first aid kit that you don't already have? So I've got a, I've got a pretty big first aid kit. I think my biggest thing is knowledge on how to use all this stuff. Cause I've bought like big blood clot type things, you know, so clotting um, packs that you could put on mm-hmm. bigger areas I don't have a suture kit, so that would be one thing that I would want to add. But my biggest miss is that I buy all this stuff and then I don't know how to use it or I don't know when to use it. Like I know how to tourniquet and I know when to tourniquet, but when to use certain things and when not to use certain things. So I really would love to take a pretty deep um, first aid class, you know, um, almost EMT level first aid class. And I know that it's not just a one or two class kind of thing. Cause for me, it's the knowledge and the confidence that in one of those high stress situations that I will be able to handle Mm it. And, you know, like I, um, my son, so I took first, I took a CPR class when I was a kid. And then I also took it as an adult. Um, I have, I saved my son from choking, uh, when I was 22 years old. Um, I saved myself from choking, um, like myself, like I, it was interesting, interesting story, but, um, because of understanding how that part of your body works. Um, and so I've been like recertified a few times and I have the confidence to, to do those things. I don't want to do it obviously, but I have the confidence in doing it. But if something mm-hmm. catastrophic, like I got, my son almost cut my finger off with a lopper. And um, the only thing I knew to do was go like this, not look at it and get to the doctor. So to have the confidence to be able to look at it and be like, okay, here's, 
it's still good to like really assess, but really be able to yeah. assess what is going on and have the confidence to understand that. I think that's, that's what I'm missing. Um, and it's kind yeah. of a harder thing because knock on wood, you don't have the occasion to, to, to do it. So I want to find the right class yeah. and kind of learn that way. Like you said, even suturing, like I know the needles look mm-hmm. funny and I know how to stitch like hand stitch clothes, <laughs> but that's mm-hmm. not going to be the most beautiful you know, stitch work. <laughs> but you're not looking to do the most beautiful in a situation like that, you know, True. Yeah. which is comforting, comforting. Yeah. yeah. You you talk about <clears throat> knowing how to assess someone or something or even assess a situation. And I go back to assessment all the time. And I, when I'm assessing something, I'm assessing head to toe and head to toe in terms of like organ or body system, or even just like eyeballing someone head to toe or situation head to toe. And so when I think about my first aid kit and when I think about the things I want in like my medicine cabinet or in like a medicine bag or whatever, in the event of having stuff like set aside for emergency use, I really like to think through those things head to toe, like in like a systems form like what do i want for you know cuts on my like on a head or what do i want for a headache or what do i want for something for like my lungs or my chest or my stomach or fingers or you know what i mean and assessing really like head to toe and i feel like i still do that even now where i know i don't have a complete first aid kit of all of the things that i could possibly ever want but how do I know to go back and add to it? So I'm thinking head to toe. Okay, well, I have stuff to cover for headache. I have stuff to cover for um, nasal congestion, cough, upset stomach, you know, like, and I think that for people who are getting started, assessing what you have from a head to toe perspective would be a really good place to kind of start and be organized and even purchase stuff. Because I feel like in this whole series, and even just with the Homestead Connection podcast in general, when we talk about like wanting to add stuff to our homesteads or add stuff to be more prepared, there's like an expense that comes with that. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to go to the store and buy everything that I need for like this organ system. And then I have it. And then next month I can go and get stuff for this organ system. And then I have that mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, I think would isn't a bad way to approach it either. No, I think that that's an amazing way to approach it. And we kind of like, I've been hearing rumblings, um, just on social media and different news outlets that we're kind of in a uh, um, medicine shortage. You know, there's certain medicines that are really hard to get a hold of. And so I've, yeah. I've, I've brought it up briefly to you, but I'm kind of thinking about getting one of those TWC um, antibiotics kits. Um, yeah. Again, when will I know how to use this? So part of it is getting the kit right. and then educating myself and understanding when to use it. And I was kind of reading more mm-hmm. about it on their website and it, you know, I have to talk to a doctor. It's, it's going to be prescribed just for one person. So I need to go through it for the whole family and they're not cheap. So to mm-hmm. your point, you know, it's kind of prioritizing, you know, from one to the other, but. Talk to us a little bit about the kit. Cause like I'm familiar with what you're talking about. I think Steph's familiar with what you're talking about, but like for people who aren't familiar with the TWC kit, like let, like share some information about that. Yeah. So I actually found it on Instagram. Um, they are a organization that has been pretty vocal about COVID, uh, COVID vaccines, uh, treatments for COVID. They have different protocols. Um, and so they, they're, it's really quite interesting, but with the, 
um, with the shortages and stuff, they have, and I'm trying to find it while I'm talking, but they have come up with this kit and it has some of the more common antibiotics in it. Um, amoxicillin comes to mind, uh, a ZPAC comes to mind. And so what they've done is they've, they've decided on, so what you do is you call in, you, you know, say you want one of these kits, you meet with a doctor, you talk about your, any kind of comorbidities that you have, any kind of issues that you have, your health overall, and then they will write mm-hmm. a prescription for this emergency kit and it is for you only and they will provide a pamphlet and some information around when do you use it and how do you use it and what medicines to use first second or third um and it's it's intimidating because i think from a a culture perspective we're taught to you know you just you go to the doctor that's what you do right Um, and that's still like what i think you you should do you know but in cases where you can't or in cases where you can Mm -hmm. do telemedicine your doctor's like oh so sorry i can't get you amoxicillin as an example um you already have it so the doctor has told you to use it but you have it right it's kind of nice for that kind of backup Um, Mm -hmm. But again, it just goes back to kind of getting that confidence of understanding what you have going on, leveraging your experts, and then being able to treat effectively. And so I'm going to try it. I'm going to go through it for myself. Um, And then if I like how it went for me, I'll start moving through the family. I think they only do it for adults right now. I don't think that they do it for children. Um, But that's that's overall what the kit is. And I I can come back and update as it, you know, as I go through the process. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. they were on Instagram under, I think it's called the wellness company. Um, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's not cheap. Isn't it like 300 bucks or something? 500, 300 or 500. Yeah. It's two ninety nine if you're not a member and it's two forty nine if you are, I don't know what a member is. I've not gotten that far down the rabbit hole sure. just yet, but to me, mm-hmm. I mean, those medications are not generally super cheap anyway. And to have that peace of mind, it's almost... Well, and that's the thing, because I would I would disagree with you just a little bit in that if you have insurance, like traditional yes. medical insurance, some of those antibiotics would probably cost anywhere between like five and ten dollars if you were going to get them from the pharmacy. Right. But the the price, the cost of having the convenience of knowing that you have them or that you have access to them if you need them, if plus the service of the, you know, assessment by the physicians and this and that on top of it would be, you know, you know, part of that, like convenience fee. Sure. So much of our goods come from foreign countries. The United States produces very little of its own supplies and products. And I think we all know that. Um, but pharmaceutical things are one of those things that the majority of the pharmaceuticals that we have in use in the United States aren't sourced here in the United States. We're getting compounds from China and other air and other countries. Right. And so some of those shortages, are can you know that's a contributing factor with some of the shortages as a lay person i feel like is a little has a lot of uncertainty to it yeah yeah exactly um so i looked it up on instagram because they they do tend to get shadow banned and they they are kind of you know in that space and so it's twc dot shadow banned shocker yeah (laughs) yeah it's uh twc dot health is is what you search them by so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm gonna see I'm gonna see what happens because I just like being prepared for whatever comes up. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Did we ever talk books? Because that's the other thing that I kind of like keeping is is books. And I can't remember if we've already talked about them or not in any of our podcasts. Like the only health and wellness resources that I have for 
yeah, I mean, I have a lot of textbooks from <laughs> nursing school and grad school, and that's, but yeah, nothing I don't think that people are interested in having, but, um, and I think I have a couple, I have a book on herbal remedies and tea, um, tea, re- herbal tea recipes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, because I got this one book that I was thinking about when we were talking about antibiotics, and it's called Herbal Antibiotics, Natural Alternatives for Treating Drug-Resistant Bacteria. I don't know. But again, in the, I don't know, is that turned around for you guys, or can you see it? No, it's good. Okay. Yeah, that one seemed to be really neat, and I've kind of read through it. And again, it's interesting to understand some of the natural stuff. Like, it's got things like honey in it. You know what I mean? Like, it's pretty... It's pretty tame, but again, it's kind of like the confidence. Oh, sure. Yeah. And then I got this Mm -hmm. one, which this one's really interesting. I forget who recommended this book to me, but it's Where There Is No Doctor, a Village Health Care Handbook. And it is, it's intense. (laughs) It's tells you, yeah, tells you everything. Goes deep into parasites, man. (laughs) Well, and you know, if that's if that is coming from like a third world type situation, that makes so much sense that there's such a huge emphasis placed on parasites because of the quality of the food they're eating, the quality of the water that they're eating, their ability to keep things, you know, sanitary and clean is so different than what we experience in America. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But what if that changed? I mean, it even tells you like how to deliver a baby, which sure. I mean, I know the rudimentary mechanics of it being a woman, but you know, to actually be like, <laughs> it just, you know, never, yeah, never done that before. <laughs> yeah. So the fact yeah. that it explains no, those sure. things and what to watch for is kind of interesting. And like, why boiling water? And that's all you see in the movies is get the boiling water. Well, what are you going to use that for? Don't put it on me. You know, so. <laughs> it's true. So and so they true. also have um, where there is no dentist as well. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. That seems even more terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I hate the dentist so much. So much. I'd rather deliver babies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 10 out of 10. I'll deliver a baby every day before I have to do any sort of dental work on anyone. I die. Yeah. Yeah. But th- those, that's the other thing that I think is super important. Like, like I said about the confidence and, and understanding how to use this stuff is just surrounding yourself with books on information that... Mm-hmm. having books having resources and then I really and then going through that like assessment process head to toe mm-hmm. and really just like head to toe what does your family use on a regular basis to make sure that you have ample supply of the things that you're constantly reaching for and it's hard to get specific like I'd like I we've talked about this podcast episode before and like how do we what do we want to talk about and it's way too subjective in families to get very specific because what some people use for headache in one family's home might be different than in, a, in another home. You know, there's plenty of people who love using Tylenol and ibuprofen and there's like, that's well and good. And then there's tons of people who would rather reach for like magnesium and Arnica or, you know, whatever. And that's all well and good too. But that's where it's like assessing what your family needs in a head to toe pattern for the adults and for the children I think is a really good way of knowing like what do you need and what like what should you have on hand and systemically going through the process so you don't miss anything. I I feel like there's a couple of different camps. There's people that are completely Western, right? They only will do Western medication. They will only do what their 
you know, a family practitioner will prescribe every everything is is that way. There's other people that are like, nope, I use honey and fermented garlic and elderberry and that's it. You know, so we have like you know, those two big spectrums. And to me, it's it's you need both. I have both. Yeah. And I really love having both. And I will use one up to a point and then I'm like, nope, nope. I need the big guns. <laughs> I need sure. the mucinex or whatever it is that I've got yep. going on, you know, and I use, or, you know, or antibiotics or whatever. And I, I use those more sparingly, but I think mm-hmm. being comfortable with both kind of like is even more empowering than pigeonholing yourself into one versus the other. Cause they both have pros yeah. and cons, you know, and educating and educating yourself about both sides of things I think is good too. I know for myself, I'm generally very turned off to the things I'm not educated about. I have like a predisposition to think negatively about something that I don't know a lot about. And healthcare and first aid and medications are very polarizing conversations. And that's another reason why we haven't wanted to get too specific with this conversation because we don't want to be too polarizing. And typically, I feel like the polarization comes when someone's hyper-educated on one side of the spectrum and has very little education on the other side of the spectrum. Instead of having taken the time to be more well-rounded and have, you know, a moderate amount of exposure to all of these different paths. And honestly, that's, that's I think, probably one of the biggest things is just making sure that we're as educated as we can be when it comes to like knowing how we want to like take care of first aid issues or medication needs in our families and personally and stuff. Yeah, I agree. Switching gears a little bit. We started talking about what's one thing we don't have in our first aid kit that we wish we had. And then some of the stuff like in terms of assessment, but I would love to talk through kind of some of the things we do have on hand and we do have in our first aid kits. Um, Cause I know that ours don't look all exactly the same and I'm sure there's overlap, but I think it'd be fun to talk through what we have. Steph, what do you have in your first aid kit? Please share. So we have like the standard band-aids and triple antibiotic ointment, which I don't care to use, but we use it. Um, like just your standard stuff, gauze and tape and ace bandage wrap and all of that. Um, yeah. Um, I also, we do the spectrum as well. So we have, you know, magnesium and arnica and we have Tylenol and ibuprofen and we have mucinex and we have, <laughs> All the different right. things. Um, I do have a kit. Did I bring it in here? Yes, I did. I do have a homeopathy, like, basic remedies kit. Um, yep. That I got from helios.co.uk. Um, I'll hold it up. I don't know if we're going to do this on video. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. I got this. I want one of those. Um, and it has 36 different remedies yeah. in here. Um, I have used this multiple times for me and for mm-hmm. our daughter. Um, we love it. We use it um, alongside your write that down. normal Western medicine stuff. Um, right. And then I guess I can share my books. <laughs> so when I ordered that kit, yeah. this book came with it. It's a complete homeopathy Ooh. handbook by yeah. Miranda Castro. Um, and it goes through just different elements and 
It gives you, um, well, there was, it gives you the symptoms, um, better and worse options for treating it, different things like that. Um, and then I also have the practical homeopathy, a comprehensive guide to homeopathic remedies and their acute uses by Vinton Maccabee. I don't know how you say that last name. But there's that. Nice. And there's the name. This one is thick. Like McCabe. Maybe. Um, Maybe. Kind of the same thing. That is a very thick book. <laughs> um, so this one breaks it down and goes like list every single, well, I say every single, um, quite a few different remedies that you can use and it lists them out in like the most recommended, um, when they should be taken, all of that. Um, and it kind of like goes down the oh. list, um, from like most effective down to like least effective or like if you have these symptoms and this is the one that you should use those kinds of things. Um, and then we also have Be Your Own Doctor by Rachel Weaver. This one right here. Um, it's just a bunch of, like, different stories. And you can uh, – well, there's stories and then there's different recipes for, like, here's a wild cherry cough syrup or a lemon honey, um, a gallbladder flush, preterm labor. I don't know. Just a bunch of different stuff in here. And then we also do cool. more natural stuff of like fermented garlic honey. We do onion and honey for like a cough syrup. We do onion poultices. We do all different kinds of things with just food <laughs> in our house. Sure. Um, as medicine. So sure. food is medicine, man. Yeah. Or food can be medicine. Yeah. And then aside from that. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to be a different topic for in a minute, but we have like braces and crutches and slings and just different medical devices that we've had to use in the past, which is why we have them on sure. hand. Um, but it's not a bad idea to have just a few things like um, for the longest time I had both of my ankle braces and my original knee brace from like back in high school, um, went through and decluttered a couple years ago, got rid of them. And then I ended up tearing my ACL in September. So now I have a new knee brace. <laughs> so I can't believe that you did that to your knee all like back in September already. Yeah. I know. That's wild to me. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. I I feel like the way you summarize what you have is very similar to a lot of the things that we have and that my husband and my kids and I all really benefit from different homeopathy um, or homeopathic remedies mm -hmm. and like, I don't want to call them medications, but like tablets and stuff, like truly, especially for things like tension headaches or stress or all of the, like any number of different things, we really benefited from different homeopathic remedies. But in the same breath, we still have things like Tylenol and ibuprofen and Theraflu and cough drops and I don't know, whatever on hand as well. My husband takes a prescription medication that he keeps on, you know, on hand in a three month supply. And, um, 
different things. And uh, so the full spectrum of things has really been beneficial for us in our house too. I love using things like elderberry syrup and fermented garlic, honey, fermented honey garlic to be preventative in our healthcare and boosting our immune system so that we don't have to reach for other things. Um, but we still have all of the other things, the full spectrum of other things, right. you know, on hand too. We even have essential oils. I don't know if y'all do those as well, but I used to be like super into essential oils and that was kind of like my gateway into like the crunchy ish lifestyle. Um, sure. Like essential oils. I bet you a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> essential oils <laughs> and like yeah. Norwex for cleaning. Um, oh yeah. But since then it's kind of tapered off into more of like a only when needed kind of thing. Not, I don't want to say like medicinal, but only when we need it. It's not. That's not the yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I so I have a lot of the same things that you have. Uh, I have the basic, you know, um, the basic kit, you know, the thing that you can get at Walmart or Walgreens or CVS or whatever. Uh, I have like I have one on every floor of the house, and then I have one in the cars because you just always seem to need a band aid or gauze or. I think they have finger splints in them or like those really cool looking scissors that are like got the funky angle on them. Um, so yeah, so I have all of that stuff. And then I have, uh, I have Pepto-Bismol, I have Tylenol, I have ibuprofen. Um, we tend to get on my side of the family really high fevers. So once I get to a certain level of fever, I stop playing around with it. And we, we have the same protocol that we've been following since I was a little girl. And we do that because I'm, I've sure. dealt with febrile seizures from my, my kids and all of that. So we just, we don't play around when fevers get to be a certain height. Um, but up until that point, we try and do it as a homeopathy homeopathically is that how you say that word you know what the word i'm yeah. saying um naturally you yeah. know as possible naturally as possible right so uh mm -hmm. so yeah so nothing really crazy there i i think the things that i have that are a little bit different is um i have a lot of books on how to splint without without medical supplies so how to how to immobilize or how to support without medical supplies because I don't know. I think I was a Boy Scout in a previous life or something. Um, I have those heavy-duty blood clot things. Uh, I don't know why, but they just are something that seemed easy to throw into the, the bag, and they don't take up any space, so it's no problem. Sure. Um, and then the other thing that I started to uh, kind of store was any supplements that we take. So I personally take L-theanine and yep. magnesium um uh glyconate and uh i take beef liver and so i take i took all of my supplements and vitamins that i enjoy taking and that benefit me and i stockpile those as well and yeah. then i also stockpile collagen and um collagen and protein powder because if we ever do get into a point where we are having to eat some of our more dried stores or or older canned stores and we need to start pulling those out sometimes the nutritional value is not quite there and so i stock um, collagen and everything kind of in my first aid kind of like health kit because sure. it's a great way of making sure that you're getting some additional nutrients so that's kind of the other thing I do. And then the other really weird thing I have is my radiation tabs and my radiation metric because, you know. Because why not? <laughs> Just in case. I like what you said about the 
I like what you said about the supplements because that's just one of those things that you don't necessarily, I don't necessarily think about, oh, keeping multiples of those on hand or having an own, a separate stash for that because, yeah, we do a lot of magnesium in our house and there's other supplements that we use in our home that I would definitely want to have on hand, especially for my kids. I do a lot of like vitamins and probiotics and stuff like that for my kids. Um, even like dried elderberries. Cause like I make my own elderberry syrup. So making sure I've got extra elderberries kind of tucked away. And we talk about mylar bagging here and there, but those like pills and um, tablets and stuff like that can be mylar bagged so that they're, you know, yeah. they're safer from the elements from like, you know, moisture and humidity. Um, really easily. I mean, just to, to dump a bottle of like Tylenol into a Mylar bag with an oxygen, oxygen absorber, or to do that with the magnesium glyconate tablets or, you know, whatever else, you know, you might want to have on hand is a really good idea. The teas is another really great thing. Teas, so yeah. I was taking, and you have to be careful, you have to be careful with it, but I used to drink kava tea. So I used to really um, uh, struggle with anxiety. And so kava tea was something that helped me when I, I had some really bad bouts and I got to be careful because it can be kind of intense for your liver and all that stuff. So you got to read the back of the box, but it's, um, it's something that I keep on hand mm -hmm. if I ever were to have that kind of issue again, you know, sure. um, L-theanine seems to help me for that. And I keep it. I always take L-theanine every morning. It, <laughs> it helps me at work. So similar yeah. to your kids, <laughs> like I'm able to sit and kind of pay attention a little bit better. And I just don't get quite as stressed out as I do if I don't take it. So, um, those things are really important to me to make sure that my quality of life stays mm -hmm. good, especially in high stress situations. I want to make sure that I'm operating at my mm -hmm. peak so that I'm not, you know, kind of pulling down the whole yeah. operation. No, absolutely. You got to take care of the mom to take care of the family, man. I really love your comment around assessing from head to yeah. toe and kind of picking one spot and just starting from there and working your way out. Um, yeah. And like be specific with it. I mean, know, I, I start at your head. Me. Like, what do you want for headaches? What do you want for focus? What do you want for sleep? And then what do you want for nasal congestion? What do you want for eye drops? What do you want for um, your ears, you know, eardrops or wax, like um, whatever, even cotton balls or hearing, um, uh, what am I trying to, like earplugs? Earplugs, earplugs, earplugs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just like really oh, yeah. thinking through in detail what you would want to have from like your neck up and then thinking like what do you really want to have from like your shoulders down to your belly button and like and that might sound silly but like truly for respiratory illness or for heartburn or for indigestion you know and kind of thinking through some of like those either medications or supplements or remedies or even things that you don't necessarily use and take on a regular basis. You still might want to have Pepto-Bismol on hand. My family never uses Pepto-Bismol. Like we just don't, I don't, there's nothing that my husband never grew up using. Neither did I. We just don't necessarily use it like ever on a daily basis, but I still have Pepto-Bismol tablets tucked away in like a little medication stock that we have if we were to need it just in case. And it's like, well, if I don't need it, then maybe someday my mother-in-law might need it or a friend might need it or, you know, and then we have it and that's fine. Similarly with melatonin, my family never uses melatonin. I have very strong feelings about melatonin and I'm happy to do an entire podcast episode on that, honestly. No, I'm just kidding. 
But like, I do too. <laughs> I still have a little bit of it on hand because I just don't know. Like, I just don't know. And um, it's okay and it's not expensive. And it's just something that it's like, if I never use it, I, well, I know that I'll never use it, but it's still, if we never use it, we never use it. But then at the same time, it's, it's available. So I just say that to say, as you're thinking through these body systems, you might not be someone that has Tylenol or ibuprofen on hand for daily use or consumption, but it still is probably worth getting a little bit, like a little bottle and having that tucked away because you just never know. Um, and uh, yeah, be really specific when you're thinking through those body systems in each different part of your body. Yeah. And when it comes down to like an SHTF, situation if you have those medications you can use that for bartering yeah absolutely which mm-hmm. is a whole different topic but yeah we yeah we'll be getting to that that's in true yeah. yeah we shouldn't go into it that too <laughs> but it is it's huge and i think of that even yeah absolutely absolutely I was gonna. I was gonna like dive into the whole alcohol yeah, thing too um, because there's overlap with alcohol <laughs> even and like first aid stuff um in addition to bartering. <laughs> vodka. You should keep vodka on hand. Yeah. I don't know how I got there, but you said alcohol, and it reminded me of colloidal silver. Oh, yeah. I don't know. But we have that, too. How did we forget <laughs> to talk about colloidal silver? It is so huge. And, yeah, we have colloidal silver, and we use it. We use it. I try to be very conscious in how I use it, and we try – to yep. avoid ingesting it because colloidal silver is very strong. It kills the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. But there's so many times that we use like colloidal silver in place of triple antibiotic cream, open yes. cuts and stuff like that. Or even, yeah, for a lot of reasons, I don't want to get too specific with my recommendations just for liability's sake, which that's like the worst, you guys. It's like, that's the worst. Just, I wish there's like a whole... I just wish that we could regurgitate all of the different things that we do, but because of the liability concerns, that's hard to like tackle, but colloidal silver's definitely a rabbit hole that's so worth diving into. Yeah. Yeah. And that that just kind of stems into one, one more topic around, you know, leading in using colloidal silver. If I, when I first bought colloidal silver, I researched it on, you know, the internet and was and read all of these horrible things about it. And then I found a doctor here who is a it's a she's a naturopath, you know, that's their whole their that's their whole thing. They will prescribe when they have to, but they go with the natural stuff first. And when I was talking to her about colloidal silver, she so highly recommended it. I, I she applauded me for even going into it and educating me. So it's kind of to everybody's benefit to go and find folks in your inner circle that you can make an acquaintance or make a friend and, and then learn how to use some of these things that may not be like the typical Western, because it is really hard to get people to talk about it in public settings because of the risk that those people, even though they have so much knowledge, they cannot give it out easily because of the risk that it, you know, because of lawsuits. I mean, we'll just say yeah. the word because of because lawsuits, lawsuits and because of the way that our system is set up. Yeah. And, and so, like internet you know, censorship. Yeah. 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 We have to self censor. Yep. And it's been so interesting for me. I was kind of reflecting on that with my husband the other day, the way that I have learned to self censor myself just, you know, because I don't want to put bad information out and I, but I also don't want to, um, to inadvertently screw something up by, by just voicing my opinion. Yeah. So, 
uh, yeah. So get people offline and meet people, become friends with them. And you will, you know, people that you trust and vet everyone, but it's really important to have a good community around yeah. you. We even, I mean, we even went back and forth on whether we should do this podcast episode about first Mm -hmm. aid stuff because we didn't want to take the risk of people taking our suggestions or what we have as medical advice or some sort of intervention that later they, you know, we could come back and be sued for or held accountable for because there's just so many people out there that are too quick to do stuff like that first of all and we don't want to like mislead anyone either to suggest that one thing is better than another and i hope that we've driven home the fact that like we don't necessarily think one way is better than the other but that it's really really important to have a lot of balance and level-headedness and really good resources and good knowledgeable educated people in your corner for when you need them in an shtf situation you know yeah and and our bodies are all very different even from the three of us sitting on this call like we're all very different everybody's body is a little bit different so it works for me may not work for steph may not work for Mm -hmm. kylie you know so you have to know what works for your body and and to me with this whole series it's been you know just opening up the curiosity like having people be be curious and then want to go do their own research because we don't know it all i mean wait till we get to the communication topic i'm dreading that one (laughs) (laughs) so um you know because i because i don't know it all but i'm I'm hoping that people will become inspired and curious and then go out and educate themselves Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and figure out what works for them because None of us are the same. Well, and even so just from a lifestyle perspective, too, it's like, yeah, what our what our families need and the needs of our family, <clears throat> excuse me, are very different. But also, our lifestyles are different in that, Brenna, you and I mm-hmm. aren't out like hunting in the woods the way Steph is, and so what she might want in her right. first aid kit out in the woods is going to be different than maybe like what we have or want or value or whatever, or like my husband's job. Mm-hmm. Like those are the things that I, you know, I don't know. It's just. Yeah. So that whole evaluate yourself head to toe, what, you know, you may never get headaches. And so you may not have to worry about stuff for headaches as much as somebody who has chronic migraines, right. you know what I mean? And it's not my place to say what you should or should not use for any of those, but rather what do you need? Yeah. Here's some of the things that we have, but it's unfortunate that we have to be so careful. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And part of that is I take responsibility. Part of that's just me being in healthcare too, not wanting mm-hmm. to overshare too much information in a setting that any of us could be held accountable, but especially, especially me. You. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that, that goes back to you find your Kylie. Yeah. <laughs> this is mine. <laughs> Go find yeah. <laughs> Oh, go surround yourself with a community that you trust and that has the information and has the background and educate yourself, take classes, read books, watch videos, whatever works for you and whatever is right for you, but do your homework. I mean, you know, it's buyer beware always, always. (laughs) Another option would be like your local fire stations or first responders like, um, EMS, um, or, I know here we have two like gun range facilities that also offer classes for like tactical training, but also like first responder type 
Um, you're like out in the field. Let's figure out how to stop the bleed and all, all these different first aid type classes. Um, you're there with the instructor who is certified to do that. You're getting hands-on training, using the tools, learning all of that. Um, CPR, using an AED machine. I was certified through all, through my work for all of that, but um, not everybody's job does that for them. So like I said, the fire stations um, and then your EMS. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hard, hard conversation, but I think it's good. I completely agree. Well, should we wrap it up? Yeah, it's been fun. Leave us a review. <laughs> Did we go too far in this episode? Did we not go far enough? Like, that's what I'm kind of curious about. I'm kind of curious if people are going to be like, yeah, that was like nothing. Or if people are going to be like, whoa, too far. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you know? that's so true. Definitely let us know in yeah, the Q&A box here on Spotify. And ch- yeah, tell us what you think about the mugs, too, because <laughs> we absolutely love them. I'm a mineral girl. I I'm vote for mineral. <laughs> I love Dunham Tuxedo. It's become my absolute favorite. Really? Not oatmeal? I thought oatmeal was your favorite. Oatmeal is super good. Don't get me wrong. It's like the best neutral option. But after seeing them in person and handling them, Dunham Tuxedo is my absolute favorite. And the cranberry one is stunning. The color is so saturated. Denim tuxedo is my least favorite. Yeah. Yeah. It's my fourth favorite. I mean, I, they're all my favorites, but it's my fourth favorite. It that way. Honestly, That's probably my least favorite, if I'm being honest. <laughs> guys, it took us three weeks just to get a decision on the glazes. <laughs> yeah. Mine is the mineral and then oatmeal and then the berry and then the denim tuxedo. <laughs> Can you... Can you hold the mug with both hands? Can you hold it with just the handle? How does it feel? <laughs> see, see. <laughs> we had the best time designing the mugs, and we really cannot wait for you guys to see them and get your hands on them. Go over to www.thehomesteadconnection.com. We've got a little shopping tab over there where you can see all four of the mugs. All four of them are still in stock, but we do have very limited quantities. So snag one up while you can. They definitely won't be coming back. As you've gathered, they were just a lot of work to design. And while we love the designing process, we're only going to do it once, at least for now. So anyways, guys, thanks for hanging out with us to talk about first aid here as we're becoming more prepared around our homes and our homes and we hope that you have a really good rest of your week. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. Bye.